welcome to How We Win. All over the country, people are doing extraordinary things. We don't agonize, we organize. We won some battles, but we still have more to do. Today, we wrap up this year and look forward to the next with Swing Left's Head of Political Strategy, Nisha Blandin. It's the perfect way to take stock of where we are in the fight for our democracy and how we win in 2022. I'm Steve Pearson. And I'm Mariah Craven. And And this this is How How We Win. For the last time in 2021. (laughs) That's right. Happy holidays, everybody. Just a quick episode for you today. We really want to focus on this great interview with Nisha about what we did in this last year was mixed, but overwhelmingly positive. I mean, we started the year with uh, Biden in the White House and uh, a major- the Democratic majority in the Senate and in the House of Representatives. So that's pretty good. That's led to some great things. And, um, and then we'll get you set up for next year, too. But we wanted to take the opportunity to say happy holidays uh, mm-hmm. wherever this finds you with your family and uh, and make sure that you're uh, taking stock and, and able to have a, a little peace uh, in, in this time as we ramp up into the work we have ahead of us. Great points. Yeah, we didn't quite start the year in the glowing terms that you described it. We well, got there pretty early on, but we did start with an insurrection, yeah. which is just a reminder that uh, we that. have a lot of work to do in uh, 2022 and um, with the midterms coming up, there's gonna be plenty of important roles for people to play all over the country. Do you think I'm overly optimistic sometimes? (laughs) (laughs) I'm a real glasses half full kind of guy. You know, I think what I've noticed this past year is that we tend, I think we balance each other out. There have been episodes (laughs) where I've been super hopeful and you're like, yeah, but, and then there have been times that you've been like, what a great year. And I'm like, don't forget about that pesky coup attempt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I remember I've, it's been, I've been hot and cold this year. I've, I've, (laughs) yeah, it's been a. It's been a mixed year, but um, you've been through a lot. You know, we all have, and um, uh, like we said last week, and like we've been talking about, and we talk about this with Nisha as well. Um, we can hem and haw about what's going on, all that we want, and we should. We should be paying attention, and we should uh, be vigilant. But it doesn't change what we have to do. Like, what right. are our choices? We're not going to bear our heads in the sand. Oh, um, yeah. You know, we, we've got to keep working. We've got to keep fighting. And, uh, and I am just so proud and excited and hopeful to be part of this community and, um, and our, our listeners and our volunteers and, and the people that we're in this fight with uh, lift me up and, and bring me hope every single day because they're not stopping. You all aren't stopping. So to all of you listening to this right now, Thank you, thank you, thank you for the work that oh, you're yeah. doing because it's a long haul, but uh, we really will uh, win together. We will. We know, and, and we know what works. Uh, Nisha is going to talk to us about the game plan, and if we uh, focus and execute, we will win again in 2022. There it is. That's all we have to say. Just a a a, a quick hello from us. Uh, happy holidays and um, 
And happy new year. Thank you so much for making this another great year for How We Win. We just so appreciate everyone who listens to this and we look forward to getting back together in the new year. For sure. So here's our interview with Nisha. Nisha Blandin is Swing Left's head of political strategy. She is a veteran strategist, having held senior roles on multiple campaigns, including Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign. Nisha, thanks for helping us close out the year. Oh, I'm so excited to be here with you, Steve. I'm you know, excited to chat with you and all of our listeners. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's a lot to go over from the last year and a lot of exciting stuff coming up for the midterms. But before we do that, you strike me as someone that just lives and breathes political strategy and politics. I I think I'm right about that, but that can't always have been the case. I would love to hear how you got started. Like what what got you into this work? Oh my, that's a that's a really good question. Um, yes, I do live, breathe political <laughs> strategy. It's kind of hard not to when you live in the epicenter of it in DC. Right. Um, but I actually got started because I thought I wanted to go to law school, hmm. um, which I think a lot of folks kind of think um, when they were younger. And my university did not have a pre-law program, so I took political science and. Um, I had an awesome professor who was teaching like campaigns and elections classes. Um, and I, I didn't realize that that was a job you could have. Mm. Um, so I started taking a ton of her campaigns and elections classes and went out on my first campaign in 04. And I've kind of been hooked ever since um, and have been working on campaigns since since college, whether through internships or like full-fledged jobs and saw it as a another way to have, you know, a big impact and make a change. But also I realized it was something I really enjoyed. Yeah. Where were you in college? I went to Montclair State University in New Jersey. Oh. And where'd you grow up? Were you have are you a DC native or no, so I grew up in New Jersey. I'm actually an immigrant. Um I was born born in Trinidad and Tobago and hmm. I moved to New Jersey when I was around eleven years old. Um, so I grew up in New Jersey, went to college in New Jersey, and my first campaign in 04 was Congressman Donald Payne Sr., mm. his, his re-election. Um, wasn't extremely exciting race because he was running unopposed. Um, so, well, that's a good one to cut your was, teeth on, right? <laughs> there you go. I mean, I got to spend my days, you know, calling um, some of our senior voters in the district and making sure they had a ride to the polls. And that's kind of like where my little political heart kind of, you know, tripled in size, kind of like the Grinch. Um, and <laughs> Very <laughs> appropriate reference for this time of year. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> well, I, you've been leading Swing Left's political department for a year and a half now, I guess, about about yeah. that. Um I've certainly seen a lot of changes as Swing Left evolved from basically a website into a a really powerful and impactful organization. How has Swing Left grown since you've been around? Oh, my. Um, Swing Left has grown a lot, you know, as you mentioned, from when it started as a website 
in yeah. 2017 to kind of being the powerhouse that it is now. You know, I think the value proposition that Swing Left brings is kind of taking a lot of the guesswork out of being involved yes. and volunteering and being active. Um, and in that respect, it hasn't changed, which is great, right? Like that is the unique value that Swing Left brings, but also being able to like iterate and refine that and also expand it. Um, so making it a lot easier for folks to, you know, understand not only what races are going to have the biggest impact and kind of like be those swing races to determine, you know, whether it be control of Congress, state legislatures, but also, you know, why those races are important, who those candidates are, and like how as an individual, you're able to kind of help move the needle and kind of like support these folks up and down the ballot. And then, you know, with programs such as um, you know, vote for it and the big send with letter writing and also blueprint, being able to support civic organizations that are doing a lot of advocacy work. You know, Swinglip has really expanded its footprint um, in a really short amount of time, um, which has also kind of, you know, grown its trust among not just volunteers and donors, but also the elected officials that we've worked with, the different campaigns and other partners in the space. So well, we've, we've done a lot of growing. Yeah, and that was a very humble answer. I didn't expect you to say, well, we have really you know, transformed how we target our races <laughs> and everything, but I will say just for our audience that uh, your political team uh, did such a great job at finding the places, like you said, taking the guesswork uh, away from people so that they can just plug in and know they're making an impact on these uh, close races. And in the addition of uh, adding civic organizations that are on the ground, uh, that for me personally was such a meaningful change of direction for Swing Left because that's how we build our power year round is by supporting these organizations, not just being like some campaigns that may right. sort of parachute in right before the election and tell everyone that they have to vote for the Democrat. You know, let's um, let's stay on the ground year round and make that kind of meaningful yes. change. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, so kudos to you and your team for that. Um, as I said, you did shepherd us through the election of Joe Biden and the Georgia special election that uh, enabled us to take control of the Senate. It's easy to get frustrated with the mm -hmm. pace in which uh, the Democrats are passing legislation. We certainly talk right. about obstacles on this show a lot, especially when things are so crucial like voting rights, right. you know, that, that affect our ability to um, make sure everyone has a right to the vote. Um, pretty fundamental. But having said that, where would we be right now if we hadn't won those elections? Oh, this is a really great question. Often, folks don't often ask the, this question this way. Um, you know, I, to your point, I think it could be really easy to get frustrated, right? Yeah. Um, and it could be really easy to kind of give up, lose hope, or kind of feel like we did all of this for nothing, you know? But winning the White House and, you know, having President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris and you know, having slim majorities, because there's still pretty slim majorities in the House and Senate. Right. It wasn't the end of our work, right? It didn't mean that everything we wanted was going to happen instantaneously. It was just the beginning. 
and a continuation of the work that lots of people have been doing for decades and years on the ground. And it was the result of a lot of incremental change over a long period of time. Um, Which progressives love to hear that word, incremental change. They love that, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, but we have to we have to be honest. There are definitely big swing years or big years where we have colossal wins like we saw in 2018. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there are years where it's a bit tougher. It's a harder fight. Um, And it's made harder because Republicans, Republicans don't get tired, right? They don't Mm -hmm. get tired of gerrymandering. They don't get tired of restricting um, access to the voting booth. And, you know, we can't get tired of fighting back. Um, So although it may be easy sometimes to be frustrated and give up, you know, we still have a lot more that we can do. We still have those elected officials. We still have those majorities. And we also have to just keep in mind, for example, take Texas and the legislature there. Mm -hmm. Just a few years ago, Republicans walking out, you know, to like, delay a vote wouldn't have had any impact because they just weren't Democrats. Did I say Republicans by accident? Um, Democrats right, walking right, out to exactly. delay a vote. Democrats walking out. Wouldn't yeah. have an impact because we didn't have enough Democrats in the legislature in Texas, right? But the work that organizations and volunteers and leaders on the ground have been doing, you know, we've elected more Democrats in the legislature in Texas where them walking out really kind of put a wrench in Republicans' plans. Didn't, you know, of course, it didn't stop everything. But it just goes to show that that is not something that we could have done a couple of years ago. But through the continuous work of folks on the ground, even though it may, folks may have been frustrated, they felt like we weren't moving fast enough, we weren't electing folks fast enough and, you know, getting far enough, we are still able to have an impact. So we just have to kind of look at those small wins where we have them and be able to still celebrate that and to refuel for the bigger fights we have ahead. Um, You know, every election, we say this is the most important election (laughs) of our lives. Everyone really is right now. Yeah, it is. It is year by year, election by election. It's becoming more and more so the most important election of our lives, you know, and you know, which is why when we talk about voting, like voting is a habit. It's something we have to continue to do. And it's, you know, a practice that we can't stop. And, you know, the same way when we get out there and we, you know, fight for the passage of whether it be infrastructure, build back better and getting, you know, these awesome um, electeds in office so they can do this great work. It's a, it's a continuous fight. And that gives me hope. That gives me, you know, strength and excitement to see the folks who are on the ground who are still in this fight with us, you know, and knowing that this is just the start. It's not the end. And we've gotten some good things done, but we still have a long way to go. Yeah, I I like what you just said about uh, voting as a habit, too. Um, We recently had Anat Shankar Sario on our show, and she was talking about what 
and this gave me a lot of hope too, uh, the amazing amount of new voters that voted both in 2018 and in 2020 and how important it is to stay engaged with those new voters because they're the difference makers. They're the, they're the VIPs voters <laughs> for us. Yeah. And, and when we make voting a habit, when it becomes part of our identity, then people keep doing it. And, and so, um, so those are, those are some of the people that we need to engage with. Um, I want to talk about how we're going to look at the midterms. Um, but just one last bit of looking back on this last year, which was weird. It did start with a violent insurrection on our nation's capital. So that set a very dark tone. Uh, Was there any, and, and, you know, we had like, like you talked about also, Texas was a great example of, of how we keep building that scaffolding. Like even if we don't have the wins that we want, we have to keep competing everywhere to, right. uh, to build that up. We had a Virginia election that didn't quite go our way, uh, but we still need to compete. What was something that surprised you about this last year that you weren't expecting? Oh, my um, I told you I was going to throw you some hard questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this is a tough one. I mean, I think there was also in Virginia surprised a lot of folks. Yeah. Um, you know that that was definitely surprising. But I think you know it's been a roller coaster year. You know, like you said, we started with an insurrection. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also started with Democrats you know, in the White House, Democrats controlling the House and Senate. Um, so that was also a a big really win. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and an exciting, you know, time for us. Um, I think, you know, what has surprised me and I guess pleasantly surprised me is all of the organizers and folks out there who are been leading the charge, um, who've really been you know, standing up to Republicans locally in the states, whether it's around voting rights and, you know, some of these voter suppression laws um, that have been going into place, Um, whether we look at Texas, the restrictions to abortion access and, you know, all of that that's been Mm -hmm. happening. I think, I, I don't know if I would call it surprise, but what has like energized and engaged me is seeing all of those organizers, all of the organizations, all of our elected officials who have really been not afraid to, to fight some of those fights. Um, we talked about Texas a little bit, um, mm-hmm. but just kind of seeing that there are folks boots on the ground, you know, that are ready to kind of still do the work. And that year round organizing yeah. is really strong. And, you know, still active. And it gives me it gives me hope going into next year. Um, Virginia did not have the results that we wanted or that we expected. Right. New Jersey was a little scary there for a minute. Being <laughs> a Jersey girl, you know, that, <laughs> yeah. that definitely surprised me. Um, yeah. But with every loss or every close call, we learn something. You know, and, you know, whether it be around our messaging, how we're engaging and turning out voters, whether it be to better listen to what our constituents or organizers are asking of us. It's always a learning opportunity, but it also was an opportunity for us to say, like, as Democrats, we have to deliver. 
You know, mm-hmm. we have to deliver for the voters. We have to deliver for the folks on the ground. We have to deliver for the folks in our districts. And when we do deliver, because Democrats have done a lot, you know, we need to be able yeah. to talk about what we've done um, and we need to be able to better communicate that. So it's been a great growth opportunity for us as a party, but it's also been a really big learning opportunity for us as we prepare to go into the midterms next year. I think we have a lot that, you know, a lot of like reassessing to do, but I think we also have a lot of really devoted and energized folks who are ready to kind of like build upon um, what we learned this year to hopefully, you know, hold Congress, expand (laughs) our majorities where we can, but to really, to really just do the work at the end of the day. Totally. Yeah. I, um, that was something for me this last year. I don't know if it, I guess it surprised me, but it was the big question that we all had as organizers. What's it going to look like when Trump's gone? Right. And everyone has been working so hard and has been under, you know, such real physical, mental stress too. You know, everyone's just so exhausted having to fight battle after battle. Where are our volunteers going to be now that Trump's not there? And I was really uh, happy to see the engagement and see people are um, they understand this moment that that yes. Trump was a symptom of this moment and yes. they you know that Trumpism is still mm-hmm. very strong and and we have a lot you know, as you said uh, we are now facing the most important election of our lives, yes. <laughs> which yes. is the midterms. <laughs> so um, let's talk a little bit practical because I know a lot of our listeners just uh, want to get to work and uh, and are still fired up. Like, you know, what do we have to look forward to from Swing Left about how people can get engaged in the midterms? You know, there is so much to look forward to from Swing Left on how to get engaged. You know, I think part of that growth that Swing Left has had since its founding, you know, when Swing Left was founded, the primary focus was on the House. Um, Mm. one level of the ballot, one set of races. And now, you know, not only are we looking at target races um, in the House, but also the Senate, we are, you know, going to be very much involved in state legislatures across the country. Um, Mm. And we added this year gubernatorial races to our list of targets. Virginia was our first. Sorry, I know she's not, but I'm just saying. Virginia was I mean, first. I mean, it's kind of worry. I mean, let's be real. I, I, we don't get involved in primaries, but no we one's primary here. Um, <laughs> Stacey Abrams is an exciting candidate. Um, and I'm sorry. I'm getting myself in trouble. a lot of enthusiasm um, <laughs> for many folks. Um, and her announcement was definitely an exciting moment. Um, but yeah, we've added gubernatorial races. Virginia was our first foray into that. And like I said, it was a big learning experience. Mm. Um, And now we are tackling more. Um, Georgia is one of our targets on the gubernatorial level. And because we also see that governors are really kind of on the front lines locally, right? Um, And a lot of what we can do to combat the work that Republicans are doing across the country is on the state level. It's on the local level with state legislatures and governors. Um, so we've added those targets. So not only does Swing Left take the guesswork out of like, where can I get involved? Where can I have the biggest impact? Now we're doing that up and down the ballot. You know, some folks want to know where can I have the biggest impact locally 
in my state legislature, in my gubernatorial race. Some folks are really interested in doing that on the federal national level with the House and with the Senate. And then we're going to have volunteer opportunities that touch on all of those target races, um, whether it be phone banking, letter writing, panel discussions from folks on staff, um, working with some of our partners um, who do a lot of stuff in the advocacy space. So we'll have opportunities for everyone with every interest level um, and everyone, no matter if they are a super volunteer who have worked on multiple presidentials or every kind of race or mm -hmm. folks who this is their first time volunteering. They don't know how to get involved, but they know they need to do something right and they need to do a little bit more. Um, so it'll be a good entry point for everyone um, who are just looking to have to have a bigger impact. Yeah, well, no doubt we have a difficult and daunting road ahead of us, but there is also no doubt that we don't have a choice. You know, yeah. we have to keep fighting for our democracy. Right. Uh, we have to keep building. So I, I think about this a lot. We talk about it a lot on this show, of course. You know, we do a lot of hand-wringing yeah. about all the obstacles we have in front of us and, and what that means. Uh, but for volunteers, uh, it means like, yes, you need to call voters. You need to yeah. talk to voters. You need to uh, jump in, donate to some of these great organizations right. that are on the ground and doing that because we don't have a choice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean – this work has to get done, right? Like I said <laughs> earlier, Republicans don't seem to get tired. You know? Don't. They don't get tired of gerrymandering. They don't get tired. I'm tired of, of them, though. <laughs> same, same. Yeah. I am exhausted of them. Yeah. Um, and we need to match that fight and we need to surpass those efforts, you know? And, you know, which is why every, we want to make sure that every dollar and every hour someone spends on a race is maximize it is having the biggest impact it's going right to the source of the greatest need at any given moment because we know how important these elections are and how one race like we like we saw in georgia with the special how one mm -hmm. or two races can really determine the whether we take a step forward or we take multiple steps backwards right and we took a big step forward um this year around infrastructure um, and some of the other work that the Biden-Harris administration has done. And we wanna keep taking steps forward, which means we need to make sure that we're sending Democrats back to Congress. We wanna make sure that we're electing new Democrats in some of these other swing districts and really close races so that we keep that momentum going. It's gonna to be tough. It's not gonna be an easy year. We're gonna to have yeah. to roll up our sleeves. We might have to work a little bit harder than we're used to a little bit harder than we're expecting. Um, you know, we know that the odds aren't necessarily in our favor with Democrats in the White House. It's typical that um, mm -hmm. Congress flips, but we're not afraid of a tough fight, you know? So we've, we've been there before and we're, we're willing to kind of do the hard work. Yeah. So enjoy the holiday, get some <laughs> rest, drink your adult beverages with your family members. And then, uh, you know, New Year, let's roll up our sleeves and really dig in because yeah. we have a lot of work to do. Um, so looking at 2022 and beyond, of course, you've said a lot of hopeful things, but what gives yeah. you the most hope for the future right now? Um, what gives me the most hope for the future right now is all of the organizers, volunteers, 
young people, mm-hmm. older people like myself, <laughs> who are out there kind of still doing the work um, and they're not slowing down. And also what kind of gives me hope are, you know, we elected some really awesome folks in 2018, 2020. There were lots of folks that won this year in 2021, you know, who are really out there fighting for the American people. They're fighting to pass Build Back Better. They're really fighting um, to preserve folks' access to the voting booth and fighting for women's right to choose. So we want to give them more support. We want to send them more folks um, in Congress. So the fight's a little bit easier. We have more folks on our side. Um, So it gives me hope to know that we have elected officials out there who are really rolling up their sleeves. And it also kind of gives me hope to see organizers and a lot of folks are doing the work at these um, local organizations who there, there are no off days. There's no downtime who are organizing year round. There are folks who right now are phone banking and canvassing, even as we speak, right? We, yeah. we never stop. We never slow down. So that gives me hope. And it also lets me know that I can't slow down and I can't, can't stop um, if there's someone out there working right now. Like I said, you are someone that lives and breathes this stuff. Do you have any um, any plans right now over the holidays? Do you get are you going to do anything fun and relaxing? Oh my goodness! Um, I'm going to go home and see my family in New Jersey. Um, okay. That is my fun and relaxing kind of downtime. Going to oh, that's good. Not everyone finds the family trip fun and relaxing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. I will, you know, in the in the age of COVID that we are in now, can't really get to see them as often. Right. Um, so it'll be nice to kind of be back home and gonna hang out with my with my pup, with my dog, and rest up for next year. Um, I think we're all gonna need to kind of recoup and kind of hit the ground running. Love it. Well, Happy holidays to you, my friend. We are lucky to be in this fight with you. And um, thank you for uh, spending some of your holiday here with How We Win. <laughs> of course. Of course. I'm always excited to chat with you at How We Win um, and super excited for next year. Thanks for joining us today. This is how we win. We win when we all get involved. Let us know how you're recharging during the holidays. Send us an email at podcast at swimleft.org or tweet to us at bluesboysteve and at Mariah underscore Craven. That's me. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review on Apple or wherever you get your pods. Be sure to share us on social media. Check out our page at swingleft.org slash podcast. After you take a break, you'll be able to head over there and sign up to volunteer in the new year. That is right. We are off next week, but we will be back and ready for more action in 2022. So we'll see you then. Happy New Year.